Now we're rolling, Damage Plan MMA Podcast. I am Jason, and I have a new co-host today because Zach is, we fired him. We didn't want to deal with this crap anymore. <laughs> so, no, seriously, Zach is doing a family trip up to Idaho, so have a safe trip up there, Zach. And I am being joined by Mr. Blake Orulian, who, if you were listening to the Fierce Fighting or Fierce Challenger series uh, broadcast, they got to hear your voice. Blake, welcome to the podcast, man. Well, I am very happy to be back. It's, it's nice. I'll, today, I actually get to be a little bit more of a fan rather than a broadcaster, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. I, people need to go back and watch because you were pretty dang animated during the <laughs> broadcast, and I loved it because I'm get i I'm the same way. I get all hyped up, and it's like, oh, and there's a big oh. knockout. There's there's nothing like it. When Will Dean blew the roof off the place, I lost my voice for a couple days. And and I host shows for Park City TV, and so I it was really hard to host a couple shows uh, when I got back to work that following Monday. So yeah, but hey, it's all worth it. That was that was by far the most fun I've ever had doing a broadcast. That was, that was a blast. And Joel was so awesome, and it was so fun to do it with you. I really appreciate it, man. We so you and I only got to call one together, but June twenty fifth, we get to do the whole card, dude. Three man booth, sign me up. That is going to be such a blast. Yeah, that one's going to be Fierce Fighting Championship 20 is going to be off the chain. Cannot wait. I don't know what the words are the kids use today, so I'm just going to say off the chain. I'm getting to that point too, man. I'm 25 now, and I'm like, geez, I'm really getting old. I, was, <laughs> I say like stupid stuff, and like my like little brother-in-law who's like 14 is like, what would you just say? And I'm like, I'm yeah. That's what my daughter does. She's like, Dad, you don't say it like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I, I never know. I never know what's what's cool anymore, which is it's sad, but it's also like, oh, wow. Now I may be like, you know, getting older. Who knows? Zach, Zach chiming in to say I sound like I'm old. <laughs> oh, just wait. Zach sent me his picks, by the way, everybody. So I'll have Zach's picks to so that I can razz on all of his crappy picks and he can't say anything about it. I don't even have to show his I don't have to show his comments on here. I, I got to be honest on the last one on the yeah. last uh, fight picks that you had the conversation yeah. that you had with Zach. I got to take Zach's side on that. Like Poirier and Chandler are very, very relevant fighters in the lightweight division, <laughs> Jason. I got, I got to come on on Zach's side on that one. I got to be honest with you. you. You have to realize that half the time I'm just saying it to get a rise out of Zach, <laughs> get him all riled up because it gets him all mad. And we're, we're 30 miles away from each other. So I don't have to worry about him choking me out. I just, yeah, just let it ride. Absolutely. Just let it ride <laughs> from a distance, from a distance. I knew I liked you, Blake. <laughs> My guy, Zach, uh, I appreciate it, brother. Um, all right, man, let's give uh, let's give everybody a little quick rundown on this card tomorrow night. Uh, UFC fight night. We got, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Volkoff against Rosenstruck is the main event. Yep. Um, we will start with the prelims. First fight of the night in the flyweight division. We got Aaron Blanchfield versus JJ Aldrich. Uh, Blanchfield, cold blooded, coming in at eight and one. She stands five foot four with a sixty-eight inch reach. JJ Aldrich is eleven and four. She stands five foot five with a sixty-seven and a half inch reach. So pretty close with um, height and reach. But Blanchfield, a heavy favorite, coming in at minus five hundred, and the comeback is plus three sixty on Aldrich. Uh, talk to me, Blake. What are you thinking on this one? Yeah, I, I believe. I believe if I'm not uh, if I'm not incorrect on this, Blanchfield is the heaviest favorite on the card. Uh, she's one of those people that they're really going to try to start building up kind of a Sean O'Malley type treatment where, um, you know, she's going to have these big, heavy favored, uh, odds in these next couple of fights kind of reminds me of almost like a Macy Barber coming yeah. uh, in the future where, where they're kind of like, this is someone who we really want to build around five landed or five, um, takedowns per 15 minutes and a 90% takedown accuracy. I mean, I don't think that there's any way that you pick outside of Blanchfield. She is definitely probably the heaviest favorite on the card, uh, both on the numbers and also if you're just talking with your friends at a bar. That is that is the person that you want to look out for. There's one other person that's a slightly heavier favorite on the card, but other than that, she's she's right up there. I Oh, okay. Sounds good. Yeah, one, one other person's got her. There's Damon Jackson's uh, minus 675 against Daniel Argueta. That is, that is but, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. So your pick is your pick is Blanchfield. Uh, looking at Zach, he put Blanchfield by murder. <laughs> That's what he put in his notes. I'm. It's not me saying this is Zach. So Facebook, put him in Facebook jail. Um, I will. I will try to stay out of trouble on here too. But I am. Uh, I'm going to go with you. I, I love Blanchfield. I'm high on Blanchfield. I, I. I. I would not bet that 
at that mm-hmm. th- those odds. Um, but yeah, I think she pretty much dominates this fight. I, Aldris is going to have no answer for her on uh, on the ground. And and it, it really is like you you have to think about just the the technical level and 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 styles make fights. And when you have such a dominant grappler versus yeah. someone who you know has faced losses in the past. It's it's tough to say that you know there's anything past that. What did what did Zach say here, Blake? You have to do yeah, one stint in Facebook jail before your time. This is coming from somebody it, with maximum face max. He's had multiple Facebook jails <laughs> times in Facebook jail. Like it's multiple times. He's a multiple offender. I mean, if, if there's a prison, Zach would be in that Facebook prison. Well. <laughs> I, I try, I try to be as, as nice as I possibly can as, as, uh, I try not to ruffle feathers. That's not, that's yeah. never been my style, but if I have to spend some time in Facebook jail to be talking to you and, and Zach on damage plan, I, I appreciate the time. So I'll, I'll take it. Uh, let's go to our next fight of the night in the welterweight division. We have the Spartan versus the gladiator Andres yes. Micheladius against Ranat Fakhradinov. I think I said that right. Uh, the Spartan is 13 and five stands six foot tall with a 75 inch reach. Um, the gladiator is 20 and two. He stands six foot tall. And I do not have a list, uh, for his reach listed. Um, but the Russian coming in at a mine minus two seventy favorite to come back is plus two twenty. Um, now I think I told you the rules before you came on the podcast. Zach and I don't bet against the Russian fighters. Um, <laughs> But I'm not saying I'm betting against him, but one thing that stands out to me, he is making his UFC debut um, against a guy that does have a little bit more experience in the in the UFC. Yeah. What's your take on this fight? Well, Mikolaitis is, is very legit. I mean, he, his record is a little bit misleading. 13 and 5, however, a lot of those losses have come with good performances uh, tallied behind them. He's done, he's done a very, very good job uh, throughout his time in the UFC. The thing about this one is this one's going to be a barn burner. This is going to be a lot of fun. Both fighters, one the uh, the Gladiator, 61% KO, TKO average, and uh, Michaelidis at 54% uh, as well. Both guys are pretty good submission artists as well, but with a 20-2 and two record, uh, I mean, Hanat looks pretty darn scary. I, I would have to say I'm going to go against Michaelidis in this one despite uh, my my what I've said uh, prior to that, I've got I've got to say, Hanat is probably going to be the one that gets the W in this one, uh, considering his background. And also, it looks like is he making his debut uh, on this on this fight in his the UFC, UFC? His UFC debut. Yep. Yeah, yep. I believe so. And so, that being said, I I think Hanat's going to be one of those guys in a couple of years that we go, yeah, remember that? Remember when we were talking about what's going to happen in that fight? And it's like, yeah, blowing through the division now. So I think Hanat's going to be one of those those big names in just a couple of years here. So he had, I watched his last fight. He had, um, it was about a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for U, UAE warriors and EFC, the Eagle fighting championship. So I think this was kind of like, I don't know all the details, but I'm pretty sure it was like right in the beginning of when Khabib was trying to set up his, his EFC because Dana white was in attendance for that fight. And he ends up knocking the guy out in round one. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, we don't we we don't pick against the russians for a reason on the podcast he is he is very legit so it'll be it'll be exciting all right let's uh go on to our next fight of the night where are we at all right this one is in the flyweight division we got jeff molina versus zahalgas zumagulov 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 molina is 10 and 2 stands 5 foot 6 with a 69 inch reach Zuma Gulov, 14 and six. He stands five foot four with a 66 inch reach. Uh, we got Molina coming in at a slight favorite of minus 190. Plus 160 is the comeback on Zuma Gulov. El Jefe is the favorite. Yeah, I mean, a minus 190 for Jeffrey Molina. I, I think that's a, a fair uh that that's a fair rate for for that. I I do like the upset on this one, though. I've, I've watched a lot of Zuma Gulov uh Gulov's fights. The guy's legit, and I mean, he he does, you know, at times get get put in these barn burners and, and ends up losing fights. 
Um, but for the majority of the time, I mean, he's coming off of a loss right now, but he's a really, really strong grappler, high fight IQ. This is his 21st fight, and he's really made an impact on the UFC. I mean, I know, again, he's lost fights, but that being said, when he grapples, he is a legit grappler. I, I really enjoy watching him fight. Um, when he does get put in these barn burners, he does tend to um, kind of lean a little bit on his wrestling, that takedown accuracy at 21%. Uh, but I, I do think I like Jumagulov uh, on the upset on this one. I think I think that he takes Man. care of business against Jeffrey Molina. The first upset of the night. I like I it. Like, I like it. But here's the thing: if 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 I'm if I'm saying something that's completely blasphemous, you you come at me just as hard <laughs> as you would come at Zach. I can take it. I can take it. No, I, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't really have a good read on this fight. I'm looking at my notes here from Zach, and Zach is on Jeff Molina. Um, there he's, he fights out of glory MMA. And that's one of the things we talk about on the podcast. We love the glory MMA guys. They always come in. They always bring it. I, I think it's, I think the odds are right on. Um, I'm going to go chalk on it with Molina. I don't really have a, a play on it money wise. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to sit back. I think it's going to be a great fight and yeah, let's, yeah. uh, James cross for the win. Zach's Zach's there. <laughs> um, great camp out there, but yeah, I, I, uh, I could see this fight going either way. Yeah. I've, I've just been really impressed with Juma Gulov. I think he fights sometimes a little bit too recklessly, but when he's dialed in, he's, he's a nasty, nasty grappler. He's fun to watch. He's that's, that's one of those, the fights that when I was looking at this card, that one really flew off the page for me. So that one's going to be fun. Well, let's see if you get your first upset pick of the night. I know I'm, I'm interested to see, I'm, I'm actually, I'm headed to Hawaii tonight. Uh, yeah. but I'll be, I'll be watching the fights and making sure, you know, I'm keeping Heck score. Yeah. So next time I'm nice. here, I'll, I can come back with some receipts. Well, you got to come back on. Well, you're going to be gone. I was going to say you got to come back on Monday and do the little recap video so that we can talk about the picks. But Love you'll to. be you'll be enjoying Hawaii. So, <laughs> um, all right, let's go to our next fight of the night in the bantamweight division. We got Tony Gravely versus Johnny Munoz Jr. Gravely, twenty-two and seven. He stands five foot five with a sixty-nine inch reach. Uh, Munoz Jr. is eleven and one. He stands five foot nine with a seventy-one inch reach. So a little bit of height and reach advantage for Munoz. Um, Gravely's slight favorite, minus 135. The comeback is plus 115 from Munoz. Who do you like in this one, Blake? I, I understand the reason to have Gravely as the favorite. I mean, he he lands more significant strikes per minute. He is a higher percentage of significant strikes landed. Um, but he also takes a little bit more damage than your average fighter. Gravely averaging three significant strikes absorbed per minute. His defense definitely... Um, less of of the you know not his his main priority when he's there in the cage he is a really good grappler though i mean per 15 minutes averaging almost seven takedowns and that's that's really tough to bet against and when you have someone who has that kind of grappling pedigree it's going to be hard for a guy like johnny munoz to be able yeah. to you know count on that but johnny munoz also no scrub on the ground per 15 minutes he averages 2.66 submissions per 15 oh. minutes so okay. who knows tony gravely takes him down maybe johnny munoz is able to submit him now as someone who loves jujitsu and has been doing it for for years at this point when you're in mma when it's when it's an mma fight you jujitsu is important to know but if you can be a really good grappler and if you have as many wins and the the amount of experience that gravely has considering his yeah. style i've got to go with tony gravely on this one uh, looks like Zach, that's Zach's pick gravely experience and top pressure wins. I'm yep. going to follow both of you guys on that pick. And we're going to say gravely gets out of, gets ekes out of win. I'm going to say by decision too. I don't know if you guys like that, but I like this fight going to a decision. I, I definitely think, I think a lot of these fights are going to go to the decision other than the one that I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot of decisions. There's a lot of heavy grapplers on this one. Um, but it's going to be a good fight no matter what. So it'll, it'll be interesting. All right, let's uh, go to our next fight in the lightweight division. Benoit Saint-Denis, god of war against Nicholas Stolze, green mask. Uh, Saint-Denis is 8-1. and one. He stands 5'11 with a 73-inch reach. Stolze, 12-5. He stands 6'1 with a 75-inch reach. Pretty close on the odds. Uh, Saint-Denis is a slight favorite at minus 155. The comeback is plus 135 on Stolze. Who are you liking on this one, Blake? I like Benoit. I, I really like Benoit that uh, I, I think that his grappling is just going to be a huge 
problem um, for for Nick Nicholas Nick Nicholas is it Nick I can't Nikolai, I Nicol Nicholas Nikolai Stolzy I yeah I I just think that he's going to completely smother him he's got him beat out in almost every statistical category and I think that I, I'm surprised at the odds considering uh, that all being said uh, Nicholas came coming off of a loss. Uh, Benoit as well, but I, I definitely think that this is someone who is in the same wheelhouse as Benoit. I think Benoit's just a little bit better. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Benoit on this one too. I'm going to go with the chalk on this one. A um, little bit younger, uh, but the guy's got eight wins all by finish. And I think, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, almost all by submission. There might have been one or two punches in there. Yeah, triangle choke, triangle choke, punches, knee bar, arm bar, guillotine, rear naked choke. Like the guy's finishing everybody. Yeah. No, I, I def I definitely think that that he tries to grapple with him and I think he does it, you know, exceptionally well and he gets he gets the job done there. So Zach, according to Zach's notes, if you're a betting man, Zach likes uh Benoit by decision and he says take the over in this in this. Mm -hmm. So what's the over in this? Let's look at this. Because I am a gambling man. <laughs> um i don't have odds for uh, it looks like you can get odds on over one and a half rounds at minus 188 over two and a half rounds that looks like around minus 110 but i only see a couple books five dimes betway are the only ones given odds on that yeah fight goes to decision is plus 110 Ooh, plus money on fight goes to decision so if you like that you can get plus money at that could be fun could be could be definitely a good one. If we're actually talking about bets, I think this next fight is one where you Ooh. definitely want to think about uh, where you're placing your money. I don't bet, but I have definitely consulted uh, many of my friends who bet on fights who don't know a single fighter outside of uh, Conor McGregor and Sean O'Malley. So yeah. I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely uh, aware of of what the betting odds are. What's a good bet? What's a bad bet? I think this one with Damon Jackson and Daniel Daniel. Argueta is going to be a good one. Um, it's 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 an interesting fight. The, Jason, do you have the money line over there? I know you have the official money line. I'm looking at at a different money line. I think. Yeah, so I have it on. Uh, so I'm on bets uh, bestfightodds.com, and we got Damon Jackson. He's anywhere from minus six fifty to minus six seventy five. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking. Zach thinks he's going to win by submission. If you like, if you like Jackson by submission. A couple places have it at, at plus money. Um, a lot of the other places you're going to have to play the juice. You're going to be about minus one ten. What, what do you like in this fight? It, you know, I, I from a betting standpoint, I just like the the odds on Daniel. I, I don't think that I don't necessarily think he Ooh. wins the fight. I do think that okay. you got a twenty and four guy in Damon Jackson who is experienced and has you know dealt with his time here in the UFC. I, I don't think that Daniel is the guy that's going to beat him, but I do like the money line on it. I do think that's a good bet to place. Um, okay. You know, an undefeated fighter, it's, it's, that's a huge line uh, to have for an undefeated fighter. He is making his debut, but who knows? I look at this and I look at, you know, I think of, if we're talking about the regional scene, I think of a guy like Mitch Ramirez. Like what yeah. if Mitch Ramirez was making that debut and you see Mitch Ramirez as a plus 450. Mitch Ramirez isn't a plus 450 against anyone. I don't know a yeah. single person who who uh you know would make that bet and so i think about the same thing here with with dan with daniel i think that maybe being counted out a little bit before i do think that there's going to be a significant height difference here and yeah. a reach and a leg difference uh and so i do think jackson gets the win uh but i think it's going to be a harder fight than what the money line says if that makes sense you know you looking back over his record um uh, and i'm talking about daniel um he comes comes from the lfa scene he's he's fought some tough guys on the lfa yeah. scene he, he beat a 12 and 0 guy, beat a 14 and six guy, beat a six and three guy. Um, so it's not like he's fighting slouches, but there's levels to this, Blake. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with Damon Jackson on this one. I agree. I completely agree with you. I, I, I do think it's Jackson. I think it's a little bit closer than we think, though. That's, I, that's all I'm saying with that. But but definitely, I, I, I'm going to go with Jackson as well. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. I, I, <laughs> I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> um all right so next up we have in the lightweight division we got joe selecki versus alex da silva selecki is 11 and 3 stands 5 foot 9 with a 70 and a half inch reach da silva is 21 and 3 he stands 5 foot 8 with a 70 excuse me 73 inch reach 
Both guys coming off a loss. Selecki, your slight favorite at minus 165. Da Silva, the comeback is plus 145. Who do you like in this one, Blake? I do like Da Silva. I, I do. I, I'm, I'm looking a little bit at it, and, and I see where his wins are. He's well-rounded. But this is going to be one of those fights where, you know, this one might might trail out and be a little bit of a – it might be a third-round or a second-round, third-round TKO or submission because both these guys do not typically – you know, finish their fights with a decision. Both guys have really, really solid records. I've liked what Joe Selecki has done in the past, but I do think De Silva is still very much so um, someone who can compete at this weight class. Uh, on top of that, I do like the fact that De Silva is the heavier fighter typically when he walks around uh, and also in, in advantage in reach uh, for uh, De Silva as well. So I keep seeing all these things uh, for Team De Silva. So I'm going to have to go with him. Uh, I also see that the takedown defense of Selecki is worse than De Silva's. And if this turns into a grappling match, you do want to be the guy on top. And the guy on top is typically the one who gets that takedown. So I'm going to have to go with De Silva. I'm going to have to follow you on this one. And Zach is actually going to go Joe Selecki on this one. So it's going to be you Selecki's and I versus legit. Jeff on this one. He's, He's legit. He is very, very much so legit. It, it'll be... It'll be a good fight. I'm excited for it, and uh, I think I think it's it's potentially uh, going to be one of the best fights of the night. I think it could be too. This one's this one's going to be a good one. Uh, <laughs> but I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to Silva on that one. Zach has got Selecki, so we'll see if Zach's a loser on Monday morning. This this is so funny. Like watching the comments come in like one at a time, and you <laughs> you just kind of start laughing, and everyone's like, "What are you laughing about?" And it's like, it's, yeah. When we disagree, we have to bet. Should be bet by. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that Blake? What what about did it? Did you see did you see the body shot? So so Zach and I bet that I I think it was the Volk and Ortega fight. So very rarely do I mean we disagree on fights all the time, but yeah, very yeah. rarely on like a main event. It, it, we're usually pretty much in agreement on it. But that one we were I'm like Volk is going to beat Ortega and he's yeah. like nope, Ortega's going to win. So we bet the loser had to take a liver shot from Cole Faust, you know who Cole Faust is, right? Oh, fifty-five. Hey, I'm gonna like, get off now. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't need to be on this podcast. <laughs> so you could see, you could probably, you could probably just, just use your imagination and visualize how scared I was when that triangle choke was put on Volk. My wife's like, "You're gonna have to get punched in the stomach by Joe, by Cole Faust." I'm like, "Oh no, so, this is gonna be so bad." Wait. Did is there video of this? I, I haven't. Oh seen yeah. This. Oh, it's on video. Oh yeah, it's on our YouTube video. Oh, but I then, gotta see this. Oh, that now I gotta tell you the shoey story. So right. I bet against Tai Tuavasa, and my losing bet was I had to do a shoey. So, yes, there's a video of me doing a shoey on my TikTok. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, oh man, so, I love it. That that is hilarious. So you said you're not a betting man, but if you know, if you feel really strong about something, Zach will obviously take you up on a bet. So Hey, I'm I'm open to like a little like roll with either of you guys on a bet. I think that'd be super fun to do like a recorded like five minute round with both of you guys. I think that'd be super, super fun. Um, I'm down to do other stuff. I don't know if I want to get punched in the stomach by one of the best amateur fighters in Utah. I definitely no. don't think that's something oh, I want to do. But you yeah, you must have been shaking in your boots when he oh, dropped that so mounted scared. guillotine and then the triangle just minutes oh. later. That was a crazy fight, man. My wife was like, oh, my, you're going to have to get punched. <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't even I don't imagine. know what's, what was worse, though, the shoey, because I don't drink. I'm not even a drinker, and I had to do yeah. a dang shoey. Oh, how yeah. was it? What was it even like? Was it your shoe? Was it a new shoe? It was actually, it was my shoe, and it was a new shoe that I'd never worn before. Well, that's kind of nice. That's That's yeah. almost... Love you to death, man. But like, that's kind of cheating. Like, like it's it's a new shoe. I mean, it's as clean as a cup. It's, it's a shoey. I know. I, I did it. I paid up on my bet. <laughs> no, I, I'm totally kidding. That's oh, super man. crazy, though. I would, yeah. I'll, I'll hop in on some fun bets. Yeah. So, so yeah. So stuff gets a little crazy on the Damage Plan MMA podcast. Yeah. Any <laughs> anything anything that doesn't involve me getting suplexed by David Kim or uh oh yeah a boxing match with uh with uh Andrew Mickelson or something like that. Yeah, no. Yeah. You guys you guys have another guy um fighting on I think he's out of your gym. Who's the guy? I forget his name. What's his name? The guy that plays for BYU that played for BYU. Mickelson. It's Andrew Mickelson. No, there's another guy. There's another guy that's making his amateur debut at hmm. 
um, Fierce Fighting Championship 20. I can't forget. I forget his name now. Zach will listen and, and chime in. Kyle Griffiths. Kyle Griffiths. Yeah. He played oh. tight end at BYU. And apparently. He's taking a fight? He's taking a fight. Is that so, good or bad? No, he's he's legit. <laughs> let me let me just double check if this is the person who I'm thinking about. So I moved in February, so I don't train at Agima anymore. Yeah. So he, he he played at BYU, tight end. Yeah. Apparently he was 240 pounds, six foot three, savage. Okay, so I got a story for you about Kyle really quick if you want it. Yes, yes, a little, let's little hear bit it, of a fun little thing to talk about for the uh for opening up the card at the Maverick Center on June 25th. Kyle literally started training I, like it was it was a very I'm trying to I'm trying to stay as 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 neutral as I can. When you okay. when you're the play-by-play guy, you have to try to stay as neutral as you possibly can. Oh yeah. Can. But just oh, yeah. something about Kyle. Kyle was very very recently starting jiu-jitsu. Okay. And the within a couple of days there was a grappling industries. Kyle signs up. He comes to me and he's like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what it's going to be like. I barely know jujitsu. I know like one submission. Dude, he went and won gold. He went and beat out the entire division by submission on wow. every single match that he had. The guy is a winner. He is legit. So I'm very excited. I didn't realize that he was taking a fight because I'm not at Agima every day anymore. I was there yeah. every day for years, uh, but I'm not yeah. there anymore. Um, you know, stay stay close with them. Stay stay friends with all of them, of course. Yeah. Um, but but definitely didn't know that Kyle was taking a fight. But man, oh man, that's going to be fun. I'm excited. Kyle is an interesting. Uh, he's he's intense, man. So we got to get him on the podcast. He's so into, oh, you got to get him on the podcast. Okay. Super nice guy. Super, super cool. Um, yeah, it was fun. He, he, he was like the last matches of the day because it was like no gi beginner, like late in the afternoon. And uh, yeah, he, he had this like, he had this mean mug on him and he was just trying to take dudes down. And then he'd get off the mat and be like, I don't know what I'm doing out there. I'm just, I'm just going in there and, and doing like, a couple things I know how to do. But he's so strong and he just knows, yeah. he just, you know, some people just have a good feel. Like you go to them and, yeah. and you're rolling when you say, Oh, are you a wrestler? And they're like, No, I never wrestled before in my life. And you're like, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, you know, you got a good feel. Um, that's Kyle. Kyle Kyle is a is a is a good natural fighter. He's gonna be fun to kick off the card. I can't wait to call that fight. Oh, that's gonna be freaking amazing because the guy that he's fighting, um, when Zach was making the matches and he's 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 telling the other guy's manager, hey man, this guy's he's played BYU, the guy's an athlete. Manager, the manager didn't even blink. Didn't even blink. He's facing a 6'4 military guy fighter. Like, this is starting off of our card on June 25th, Fierce oh. Fighting Championship 20. The manager didn't even blink. He's like, I'm not even worried. I don't bring it. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I mean, are we going to be able to top the Fierce Challenger series the first couple fights on that card? Like, who knows, man? man. Crazy. That booth, was, that booth was crazy with Joel. We were screaming and shouting. I was jumping out of my seat the entire time. You know, what's crazy about that is you really never know. We're, we're on this total tangent of, of regional. Yeah. Like hey, it's all right. But, uh, but I got to say with, with um, debuters, you know, sometimes you watch them and you're like, what? I think this is a one and done thing. What are you doing out here? But there's a lot of times, and especially when you get on these fierce cards, like, you have to be proven. Like you have to be someone who's like that guy. And so it's it's going to be very exciting uh, to watch these two debuters because you never know what they're going to bring. And if they're on yeah. fierce, they're good. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you got one guy coming from Agima and you got another guy coming up from uh, Extreme Couture in Vegas. So, done. I mean, you got two guys that are going to bang. And Fiji, we will make a belt just for you. Does, does Fierce have a heavyweight Ami belt? Hey, Zach, I think we need to get Fiji a fight now that he's not moving to Florida. That'd be just sweet. Saying, just saying. All right, let's breeze through this car because I know you got to be out of here by 3 o'clock. I know. We're still, I know, we're still on the prelims. <laughs> uh, next fight is in the strawweight division. It's a rematch between Felice Herrig against Carolina Kowalkowski. Kowalkowski. It's a tongue twister. Um, 
Herring is 14 and nine. She stands five foot four with a 65 inch reach. Carolina, Carolina is 12 and seven. She stands five foot three with a 64 inch reach. Uh, both girls on a little bit of a losing streak. What do you like here, Blake? I like Carolina. I, I and it, it's as simple as this. There comes a time when it just seems like it's it might be over. And I, and I, when I look at Felice's fights, I don't know if she still has. And and again, like like I've said on broadcast before and things like that, I respect every single fighter that comes out yeah. and, and gives it their all. But there comes a time when it's like it, it, I don't know if you're who you used to be. I yeah. think of Tony Ferguson. It's like, even though he looked good against Chandler, but you know, there comes a time when it's like, I think, you know, the wheels are starting to rust a little bit. And I think that's what's happening to Felice lost three in a row, 37 years old. It might be around that time where uh, it might be time to hang up the gloves uh, in total. But I do like Carolina in this one fighter out of Poland. Uh, I think, I think she does get it done. I do think she's the better striker as well. I, uh, I'm going to go with you on this one. I like Carolina as well. And I mean, both girls coming off of losing streaks, Carolina, what is she five in a row? She's yeah. She lost her last five in a row, but she's not losing. She's losing to Jessica Payne. Uh, yeah. Uh, Zion Yang. She's losing to Alex, Alexa Grasso, Michelle Watterson, Jessica Andrade. So legit. I mean, it's, it's that Rose Nama Yunus record where you're like, Oh, you have like seven losses and it's like, Oh, yeah. it's the greatest women's fighters of all time. And then you win and beat them, you know, again. So with that being said, I do think Felice does have a chance when it comes to uh, the grappling side of things. I do think Felice is, is the better grappler, but I, I do think Carolina gets the win on this one. I uh, Zach's taking Herrig by decision. Um, I'll That's tell good. you how I like to, I, I don't hate that. I think it's, would no, the odds no. say it's a coin flip fight? When I'm looking at these coin flip fights and I'm looking at the odds and I see Felice is, or uh, Felice is a minus 120, the comeback is plus 100. So even money on Carolina, I'm always going to take the fighter at plus money on these coin flip fights. Mm-hmm. If I'm a bet man, g- give me, give me the plus money because I don't see it could go either way. Right. No. And that, that's really smart. I, I do like Felice on that. What Zach said about talking about, the decision because it, it very well could be, you know, three rounds of really good, you know, take your three takedowns away from the decision win. And, you know, you snap that three fight losing streak. So I would say that, that if Felice, it does have a path to victory, it's those three takedowns smother, take care of business on top control. And, you know, you come out of here snapping that losing streak. Felice hasn't had a fight in almost two years as well. Yeah. So she's coming off a little bit of a layoff. Um, I mean, she's 37 years old. Carolina's 36 years old. So they're, they're about a year apart in age. But yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Carolina on this one. So we are against you, Zach. <laughs> Anytime we can bet against Zach. Uh, all right. This So this next fight should be really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. We have, this is kicking off the main card in the light heavyweight division. Alonzo Menafield against Askar Mozarov. Uh, Menafield is 11 and three. He stands six foot tall with a 76 inch reach. Uh, Askar Mozarov. We don't really know what this guy record is. I think it started off at like 21 and seven and now it's 19 and 12, uh, stand six foot three. I don't know what his reach is cause it's not listed. Um, what's your thoughts on this fight? I think when you see someone with this deep of a record coming in as a debuter, you have to wonder, are they really, really battle tested or are they like, just at the tail end of their career. And that's something that we're going to find out and we'll see, but I do like Menafield in this one. I think he's the stronger fighter. I think he's the younger fighter. This is something that I've thought about a lot on this card. There's a lot of young up and comers on this card versus older fighters. And a lot of times what history tells us is the new up and coming ranks are the ones that end up winning those fights. They have new techniques. They're learning things all the time. They started a lot younger than maybe someone like Askar might have, you know, years ago when he started his fight career versus Menafield, who's been around and had significantly less fights. It's also the mileage. So all those things being said, I do think Alonzo Menafield gets the win on this one and jumps back after that loss in his last fight. So actually, if you, Menafield is seven years older than Askar. Is he? Um, yeah. So Askar is only 27 years old. And I was reading up a little bit about him because there's a little bit of controversy on his record. Like I, I mentioned, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he, I was reading up about that. He said that he had taken some fights in China that 
He didn't know there was going to be on his record. Um, I've even heard rumors that he's possibly thrown fights. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I gotta go Menafield, but it, he's a he's a big two hundred five er. Like, I mean, Menafield's big, right? Like, he's Menafield's huge. He's yeah, Askar's he's bigger. He's taller. Um, I would say he's just as stacked as Menafield is. I, I mean, he. I, I mean, Go maybe for it. I'm a bad man. I take Askar as a bad man. Maybe he gets the win. He's coming off of a, a, a bare knuckle fight. He won his bare knuckle fight. He's making his UFC debut. I mean, he's he's this is his third attempt. He was supposed to fight uh, Jordan Young back in 2021 in April. He was lined up against uh, Ben Rothwell. He was lined up against Dustin Jacoby. So somebody thinks somebody thinks highly of him if they're if they're throwing in there for with sure. a Dustin Jacoby or a Ben Rothwell right off the bat. I'm going to take a stab at it, man. I'm going to call an upset on this one. I'm going to say Askar gets gets the win here. You got to wonder. I mean, you you mentioned the 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 odd record and the weird yeah. things that have happened. Um, you got to wonder what that does to a fighter. And it seems like with this guy, who again you mentioned, seven years younger than Menafield, yeah, he's already passed thirty fights on his career. A lot of fights, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of fights. That's a lot of miles. And that, that's <clears throat> that's kind of what I meant. And and you mentioned a certain fighter on there. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Uh, it's Jordan Young. I think yeah. that guy is one of the most fun, electric. He's the sweetest guy in the whole world, too. He, like it's he's he's crazy. So it's just you mentioning Jordan uh, Jordan Young. I was just like, oh, I, I love that guy. So anyway, yeah. I'm gonna go with Menafield on this one. Okay. I feel like I feel like you're trying to like talk me into you saying that that I, you think Askar wins this fight. I I mean I so I'm I'm a big body like i love watching like i i can make picks and zach he grills me he hates it because i'll make picks on the podcast and then i'll go back and re-watch like the face-offs and and the the, oh, the nightly yeah. face-offs and then i change my pick because i like i like to see the body language i like to see how they look after they rehydrate you know and I, the only thing that worries me about asgard and he does have a ton of fights right but if you're mm. looking at his record the guy's fighting Three and O guy, three and three guy, O and O, O and O, O and two, O and O, O and O. Like, how much competition has the guy really faced? I don't know. I get that. I definitely get that. I'll tell you a funny story about that. I'm the same way. I got to watch the weigh-ins. I got to watch all of it to make sure that I that I know what I'm getting myself into, what I'm watching. I text my buddy about it, who also watches MMA and trains at Agima, Boyd Abernathy. Yeah, and he told me he was like, so it was the Yuri Prohaska Dominic Reyes fight. Okay. And I send him a clip and I was like, dude, look at Dom. I was like, look at Dom. He is broken mentally following those last two losses to John Jones yeah. and Jan Blahowicz. And he goes, dude, you're crazy. Like you're way overthinking this. It's not that deep. And I was like, just watch. And Yuri goes in there and yeah. sends him to the shadow realm, man. So it, there is a lot to be said about what the weigh-ins look like and what these guys look like. Does a fighter look sucked out on the scale? Yeah. When Sean O'Malley lost to Cheeto Vera, He's never looked that bad on the scale, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. And I was I was thinking to myself, Sean is becoming so quickly the biggest star. I was like, I think he loses tomorrow night to Cheeto Vera and he yeah. lost that fight. I mean, granted, it was a weird, you know, it was yeah, a weird very, yeah. thing. And he still considers himself undefeated, you know, playing that, playing the heel. But um, but there there's there's things to be said about what someone looks like at a weigh-in, at 100%. the press conferences and all that stuff. You gotta watch yeah. it. All right, so I'm going to go against you guys. I'm going to take I'm going to take the uh, the Ukrainian baby. I feel uh, like I've, I've done a pretty good job max matching Zach's picks on this. Yeah, I, I hate that you agree with Zach, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing uh, a couple. Uh, all right, so these days. Next up in the flyweight division, somebody that we just saw a couple weeks ago cornering uh, Will Gibson, Mister O'Day Osborne versus Zaruk Dashiv. Uh, Osborne is 10 and four. He stands five foot seven with a 72 inch reach. Dashiv is four and three. He stands five foot five with a 65 inch reach. Who do you like on this one, Blake? I like Ode. I, I really do. I think that he's just the more well-rounded fighter. And I don't, I both coming off of a win. I think that whatever is going on in that camp with, uh, with Will Gibson, Ode Osborne, all those guys over, over at syndicate. I mean, I think that they've got something real special brewing over there. Um, and I, I think that he's just, to be completely honest, the, the all-around better fighter. I think in almost 
you know, again, I'm going down these statistical categories and he continues to, you know, surprise me. He does take a little bit more damage, but he also does grapple. Uh, uh, what's his name? I'm just going to uh, say the lion because it's such a hard name to pronounce. Deshiv, Deshiv, I just, Deshiv. Deshiv. Deshiv, yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel the bad lion. doing that, but yeah. That's fine. It's 100% takedown average. And so you got to wonder, you know, how good is the takedown defense? But I do think Oday Osborne is the better fighter. I think he's he's done more um, and definitely had the bigger moments in the UFC octagon itself. So I've got to go with Oday on this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Zach is with us as well. He picks uh, Oday Osborne as well. So, yeah, those syndicate guys have been bringing it. They have really been bringing it. It's, it's really, really fun to watch. All right. Next up in the flyweight division, the women's flyweight division, we got Poliana Botello against Kareen Silva. Botello is eight and four. She stands five foot eight with a 67 inch reach. Silva is 14 and four. She stands five foot five with a 67 inch reach. A little bit of a height disadvantage, disadvantage for Silva, but the reach is the same. Yeah, I, I like Botello on this. It's the debut for Silva, and I and I do think Botello has a lot of really uh, good attributes by her name. Uh, definitely the better striker in a lot of ways, gets hit less, lands more shots, lands more accurately, uh, a better defensive percentage, takes down takedowns and things like that. Uh, the the one thing, though, is, is Patel has got to make sure that she does not get caught in anything. Uh, Silva's main bread and butter is her submission game. And so yeah. I think that if Botello can, you know, take care of that part and weather that storm, I think this is going to be a pretty nice win to turn Botello to nine and four. Um, so yeah, I've got to go with Botello on this one, uh, but it's going to be a good fight. It's, it's definitely going to be one that will be interesting to watch, uh, especially, you know, considering you don't always see a whole lot of debuters near the top of these cards i mean this is the main card we're talking about yeah main She's card making her debut for a reason so it's going to be fun to watch but i'm going to go with Botello. i uh man i'm I'm torn man the vague the odds are pretty much dead even on this um i usually don't like the contender series people coming in making their ufc debut after contender series win for some reason they just don't do very well uh poliana she's got that ufc experience I think that experience could be the difference. I'm going to go Poliana on this one. Zach thinks Kareem is going to win by decision. Um, I'm definitely not betting this, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go Poliana. I just think that experience is going to be too too much. But I think Silva could end up being a problem. I do too. You know, even, I, I think I, you know, I even if she loses this, I think she could come back and you could you could see her rattling off some wins. Yeah, this will be. This will be fun. I, I'm excited for that one. The next one is a, is very interesting as well. Trezano and Almeida. Ooh, um, that's a good one too. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you want me to run down these stats really quick for Go you? Go ahead. Yeah, man. Go ahead. So, yeah. So, we've got Almeida with a 13-1 and record making his debut out of Brazil. The five foot eleven fighter weighing in. Uh, walking around more so. I think this is fight day weight uh, out of 161 pounds. Reach 171. The same to Trezano. Leg reach 41 inches to 40 for Trezano. Trezano, the five foot eleven fighter, uh, lost in his last fight. He's got a record of 10 and 2. And I, I gotta say, I like Almeida in this. Uh Ooh. Trezano has had a few fights in the UFC. Yes, he's battle tested, but I, I wonder, I wonder the level of competition that Trezano has faced and if Lucas Almeida is on that same level that these other fighters have been. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's, so I, I I think Almeida might be the better fighter, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because Almeida could very well get taken down by Trezano, and this is, you know, a submission victory for Trezano. So yeah. it's, 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 this is one of those ones that's pretty tough. This is a very fun fight. It's a very appealing fight uh, to me, but I'm going to go with Almeida as the underdog on this one but okay. I, but you know that that's that's probably my my hottest take of the day so far um you, yeah you've come in with some some good underdog picks on this one <laughs> we yeah, try. I, try i like it man i like it i love it um zach says trezano by decision is who what he's thinking on this one let's see what the odds are on that it's a decision. good point that very good point do you like the fight to go to the decision 
Or do you think it is a finish? I do think it goes to a decision. And the more, yeah, that's a tough one. That's This is probably the closest one I've had so far where I'm not super like, oh, yeah, I, I definitely see a path of victory for either fighter. And the more I think about it, the more I think towards Trezano, but I've already locked in Almeida and no broadcaster can ever go back. So you, have <laughs> you can't go back on it. <laughs> you can't, yeah, can't back out of it. I'll say Almeida. And if uh, something happens, yeah, I, I we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I appreciate the input, Zach, because uh, you're, you're, you're swaying me a little bit over here. So thanks. I don't think he cruises to it. I, I actually think this is going to be a really close fight. And I, I, I think it goes to a decision. Um, I, I mean, I think Trezano, it's going to be super close. I think Trezano will win a, a super close decision. I'll just put it at that. And I think that's just because of the experience the, in, in the UFC, the UFC right. experience. You, Being you on the Ultimate right. Fighter, um, you know, he's fought some, you know, he's fought Akeem Dewadi, just went to decision with Akeem Dewadi in, in February. So I think it's I think it's close. I don't think he's cruises to it. I, I definitely think that there's something to be said about a fighter who has spent time you know, in the UFC, knows what the UFC fight week feels like, knows what it's like getting your bags checked, making sure all your tests are done correctly. You know, the regional scene to the UFC is a whole different ball game. You've got all these new eyes on you. I think about fighters who just kind of crumble when they're under the pressure. If Almeida yeah. is one of those guys that at times, you know, crumbles when the lights are the brightest, uh, yeah. you know, this is going to be a tough night for him. It's going to be a tough debut for him, especially so high on this card. David yeah, Kim, I freaking love you. He's the GOAT. I love to, I love David we Kim. We need to do a suplex class and go down and have David teach us a suplex <laughs> class because I'm going to learn how to do that suplex. That was crazy. That was, that was, you know, funny story about that in the broadcast booth. You prepare so much trying to make sure that you have everything down packed so that when you go into the fight, it's as smooth as can be. You've got your color commentator or your color commentators, June 25th yeah. from Maverick Center. Um, when David hit that unexpected suplex, I literally, and this is just completely honest, I forgot the name of what a suplex was for half a second. And I just said, huge. And then I yeah. just stopped talking. And then Joel goes, suplex by David Kim. <laughs> and I was like, how did I forget the name of a suplex? Like, like I've said it a billion times, but I was just, I was so caught up in the moment. And also, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was, it's just a funny thing, but yeah, David, I'm sorry. I, I kind of ruined the moment on the mic there for you. I wish I would have said huge <laughs> suplex by Kim, but instead I just said huge. And then, uh, Joel Harrell had to pick up the rest of my, my crumbs. So that was a, it was a great fight by the way, too. That was great. We need, to get, David, need to get David back in the cage. Take it. You know, it. we'll see, we'll see how long it takes. And, uh, David's an animal, man. He's, Again, one, just one of the one of the gems of of local MMA he, here in Utah. He really is. I've said it on the podcast even before even before his fight. He's one of my he is my favorite up and coming fighter. Just just his attitude about the sport. Um, he's just a great guy. He's always smiling. I mean, he was smiling the, the, the night of the weigh-ins. He's smiling the whole time. The night of the fight, he's smiling the whole time. After the fight, he's smiling. Just just a great guy. So David's saying that he was planning on it the entire camp. If I would have known that, I would have had suplex like stapled on my forehead. So every morning when I woke up, I remembered it. Goodness like you gracious! Gotta it, you got to get so in. Bad. You got to get in there and get us that insider information for them from those Agima guys. For oh, for I can't do that. I, I stay <laughs> I stay as neutral as I can on every single person. I think I said during an Agima fighter like thing, I was like. Joel, I know you've spent some time with him, and I'm like, I've done like a hundred rounds with this guy. Like, <laughs> it's, it, dude, it's it's hard, man. It's hard yeah. when, especially when your your friends are in there. Like Colin Joel's fight when he's when he was fighting, I'm like, man. I mean, I've been training with the kid for a year and a half, and I got to try not to be partial. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's super hard, man. It's it's oh, really hard. It's hard, but you know, when you're prepared and you're in the moment enough, it does yeah. make it easier. Uh, the first time I called for a friend's fight, it was probably the hardest I've ever had. It's it, the hardest it's ever been. Um, I knew that this challenger series was was filled with Agima fighters, and I just had to yeah. turn it off. And and you can, um, but when the fight's over, you go, ah, oh, man, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's part of the job. That's in the job description. Do you want to read off the stats for this co-main event? Oh man, we got have it up. Here. We've got a good one here. So we've got Dan Ige, Dan 50K Ige okay. out of Hawaii. The Well, now he, fight, he fights out of Vegas, but, you know, yep, from Hawaii. 
15 and five record lost his last fight. He's actually lost a couple in the last couple of years, standing at five foot seven, 159 pounds with 71 inch reach and a 38 inch leg reach versus Movzar Ivalov, 15 and 0, the undefeated fighter out of Russia, standing five foot seven, the same as Ige, a little bit heavier at 162 pounds, walking around a 72.5 reach, uh, so a one and a half reach advantage, I should say. Uh, over Ige, as well as a two-inch disadvantage in leg reach at 36 inches. You know, this one's pretty easy for me. I'll give it to you, and then and then I'll go from. I'll I've been I've been talking a lot, so go ahead. Oh, I I uh, you know me, I don't bet against the Russians, so <laughs> I'm going Ivalov. You know what? I actually was gonna thinking about. I was actually thinking of sprinkling a little bit on Ige because the odds. I mean, Ivalov's a minus 400. Comeback is plus 310 on Ige. I, I thought about sprinkling a little bit. Ige can crack, but then I saw the face off and I saw Ivalov with his, hey, I respect you, but tomorrow I'm going to smash you. Mm -hmm. And anybody that says that, that's the Khabib. Tomorrow night, I'm going to smash your boy. I'm going to smash your boy. Yeah, I, I think Ivalov just, uh, I think he just grinds out a victory. The, rest, the, 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 the wrestling, the top pressure, it's going to be too much. Sometimes the betting odds are a little bit swayed due to fame, due to things like that. You 100%. Know, I, I think yep. of the money line of like Conor McGregor versus Khabib back in the day. In high oh, time, yeah. 20, but that was very clearly like, wow, like Conor really had, you know, a lot yeah. going for him back then. A lot of times money lines don't lie. And so when they're close, it's going to be a close fight. And you, yep. you, they're really, really good at their research, figuring out who we think is going to win this fight. Ivalov is a minus 410 for a reason. The mm -hmm. guy is going to take down Dan Ige. I, I, I love Danny Ige. I love watching him fight. It's a blast to watch him fight. But he gets taken down by strikers. What's he going to do when he goes up against Ivalov? I think that Ivalov is going to be a scary name in a couple of years. And again, like I said earlier on in the podcast, and for Ivalov, it's even closer because he's already in a co-main event on a yeah. fight night. I think yep. he's going to make his name tomorrow night. I really do. A funny story about Dan Ige. So Zach and I had an opportunity to go down to Extreme Couture and uh, one of the guys that we sponsored down there and watched him train, Aleko. Shout out to my boy Aleko. <laughs> and uh, Dan Ige was in the cage and they were doing their little MMA rounds. And so Zach and I, there's two chairs outside the cage and we're just, we're hanging out watching and Dan Ige keeps looking over at Zach and I, just looking over at us. And we're just both just like, oh shit, like Danny Gay's like, like, what the heck are these two guys doing in here watching yeah. me fight? And and thankfully, after he was done, Aleko introduces us, and he's just the nicest guy. Yeah. But from looking at us from the outside, he yeah, he did not like the fact that we, we were watching him train. It was <laughs> yeah, did not want to get on his bad side, but ended up being cool, super respectful, super nice guy. Um, you know, I'm I'm rooting for him, but I, I think this is just a bad matchup. I, I completely agree. I think it's just a tough matchup for him. I think he's still very much so a fighter who can fight, you know, against UFC competition. Uh, I just think Ivalov is going to be one of those top contenders. He's going to be a Giga Chikadze or, you know, yeah. Ryan Ortega in a couple of years in that featherweight division. So, yep. no, you know, hats off to Dan Ige. I, I think he's super fun to watch. You ready for this main event? Let's do it, man. Main oh. event time, baby. Did you see the face off on this one? I haven't yet. I've I've been so jam-packed with work i have not seen it so i i the height difference yeah it's crazy crazy what's what's yeah. uh rosa strike six two volkov six seven yeah you it know looks, it looks much more than that it's this is such an interesting fight and i've been back and forth for the last couple of days knowing that we were going to be doing this it's so tough for me because Rosenstrike coming into the UFC was the guy who people thought could beat Francis Ngannou. And he was yep. the undefeated striker, and he was this, this scary person. But now he's lost three fights in a row, uh, and now he's going up against a veteran in Alexander Volkov. And there is that height differential, but I got to be honest with you. I really, really think that Jarzinho gets away with the win on this one. I, I, I really, really do. Um, Jarzinho, just the, just a little bit less miles on him considering how much Volkov has, has dealt with. Yeah. I also constantly think about Volkov getting knocked out by Derek Lewis. And when you have heavy hands like that, I know Derek Lewis is a whole nother game, but Jarzinho Rosenstrike is a very, very good striker. 
And if he can land, and if he can use a little bit more head movement around Volkov, I think very few times do I take the puncher's chance, but I like Jarzinho's puncher's chance on this one. I mean, this should be a stand-up fight, right? I mean, these guys are both kickboxing backgrounds, if I'm not mistaken, right? They're both stand-up guys. Both kickboxing backgrounds. Volkov definitely does have a little bit more grappling, though, than Jarzinho. Is is Volkov, do you feel like Volkov is at that, is he a top-tier heavyweight, or do you think he's more of a middle-tier heavyweight? I'm, I'm looking, and the reason I say that is I'm looking at his record, and he's he's beaten a lot of guys, but he, and he's losing, and the only guys that he's losing to are Curtis Blades, Sergio Gan, Francis Ngannou. Maybe he's beaten the the Overeems. He's beaten the JDSs. He's beaten the Augusta Sakai's. So where where do you put him? I guess where do you put Rosenstrike in that thing? Is he up there with the serial gains, or is he more into that middle tier? Uh, Augusta Sakai, JDS, uh, Overeem, yeah. Olowski. Is he more, is he more into that area? Where where do you put Rosenstrike? I, I pulled up the rankings right now because I wanted to make sure I got as accurate as possible on this. I look at Francis down to number six in Tom Aspinall. I, I really think that those are the seven best heavyweights in the world, and there's not one past that that's better than those guys. I think Tom Aspinall was the last one that really you know edged his way into that top tier of heavyweights. Curtis yeah. Blades, Derek Lewis, Tom Aspinall, Taito Ivasa, Stipe Miocic, Surreal Gone, and Francis Ngannou. I don't think that either of these guys break through. Neither of these guys can beat those guys in the top six. And, and a lot of people have been saying that about, about this specific fight. You know, the winner of this, like, who do you really fight after this? Because neither of them are going to compete for the heavyweight strap. Who I think has less miles on him. Who I think has faced tough competition, but not as much tough competition I yeah. think it's Jarzinho Rosenstrike. And Rosenstrike is still young. I think that there's a lot of time for him left to continue to grow. And so I'm going to say that Rosenstrike, you know, builds a little bit off of this win against Alexander Volkov, despite the fact that Volkov has looked pretty darn good in his last couple fights. But one fun fact is neither of these guys have ever lost two fights in a row in the UFC. Interesting. Neither of them have ever lost two in a row. So okay, both then. of these guys facing that uh, on this fight night. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I, I keep going back and forth because I, I I get what you're saying. So the tough. Rosenstrike, he, he could be faster. You could see him pick, kind of picking him apart and moving around. And I could also see, Zach and I talked about it before we got on the podcast. I could see Volkov using that range, using that teep kick, that front kick to, to keep that distance. He could keep it ugly, getting him up against the fence, keeping him crowded. It could, could be an ugly fight. Yeah. I'm going to go Volkov by this. I mean, that's Zach's got Volkov by decision. I I'm going to follow that, but I'm not. This is this is a tough card to bet, in my opinion. I'll go see, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I just don't see anything that stands out on this card that's like, okay, other than uh, other than Blanchfield. Blanchfield um, is the name. Yeah. yeah Bl- and, and Zach, not to cut you off here, Zach's, uh, he says, bet the house on Blanchfield, Jackson, Evilov, Parley. Bet the mm-hmm. house. Zach is all in on that. Yep. 100%. I, I love that, too. One hundred percent. Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off. What were you no, 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 no. You're, you're all good. I, I, I don't even know what I was going to be saying. If, if <laughs> you're good, um, but Jarzinho, yeah, I, I do, I do think I like Jarzinho. If, if Volkov to a decision is is interesting, um, but I do think Jarzinho has one of the better puncher's chances that we that we've seen recently, um, and we'll see what happens. Again, a lot of these fights are very, very close, um, and a lot of them are going to be a lot of those. Is the younger fighter going to get the win, or is the older, polished fighter with 35 fights on his record going to win? We'll see what happens. But I'm going to go with Jarzinho. I've kind of picked more of the youth uh, today, and and so with that being said, I'm going to go with with Jarzinho. actually Rosen strikes older than Volkov, if you believe it or not. Yeah, no, I, I that's that's the thing is some of these guys. Oh, Zach Rosen strike is so, so overrated. So. I agree, Zach. Like I was saying. The guy came into the to the UFC. I think it was eleven and zero, or no, it, it would have been ten and zero. And he's gone back and forth, but all those losses have been against the absolute best in the world. Same with Volkov. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's another one, and the Vegas odds say it too because it's. Uh, I think they got Volkov a minus one sixty. The comeback is plus one forty. I don't hate the I don't hate the Rosenstrike pick. I could actually see him winning. I, I yeah, and I um, could see Volkov winning for sure. Yeah. Especially when you mention those teeps to the body. And, and you know, Volkov does move better. 100% yeah. he does move better. So we'll see. But, yeah, I agree with you, Zach. Rosenstrike is overrated. Uh, I think Volkov is a little 
uh, overrated. Yeah. As well. I, I mean, but again, both of these guys are the B tier if you're talking about Tom Aspinall, Derek Lewis, Curtis. Yep. It's, you know, these guys are a level below that. And so it'll be a good night of fights. I'm excited. I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked. I We didn't get fights last weekend, so we got fights. There's some LFA fights on. There's a guy that I got to watch train. Uh, I went down to the Bang Muay Thai headquarters uh, to watch Joel do some training before his last fight. And there's a kid down there that that's fighting, making his pro debut tonight that I'm really looking forward to see fighting because he's he's pretty legit. That'll be so much fun. Yeah. Jason, uh, I, I really appreciate it, man. Thank yeah, you. Thank so you, much. Blake. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on, man. We Obviously, I, we, I know Zach and I've already talked about it, man. We'd love to have you on again um it's been it's been great i would love to i would love to when i don't have such a crazy work week and i could do a little bit more homework on these guys i I would i would love to really get in on like a pay-per-view or something like that well we have a bunch of fighter spotlights coming up because we have that june 25th card that we're gonna we got a ton of jujitsu players that we have that want to come on we got all the fighters that want to come on so maybe we can get you in on a couple little fighter spotlight podcast count count me in my full-time job is literally interviewing people so you're all good yes (laughs) All right, man. Blake, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, Special shout out. Happy 12th birthday to my beautiful daughter, Shaylee. Love you. Um, That's it, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, everybody. My man. All right. Take it easy, Blake. I'll get this uploaded. You guys can listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, all the podcast platforms. We out, baby. Boom.